For streaming, creating, gaming, and more, power your passions for less during Dell's exceptional Cyber Savings event. Enjoy up to $400 off stunning laptops like the XPS, along with high-performance desktops and next-level Alienware systems, redefining what's possible with 10th-gen Intel Core processors. Shop special prices on top-brand electronics and accessories, plus enjoy free shipping on everything. Don't forget to ask for Intel when you call 1-800-BUY-DELL. That's 1-800-BUY-DELL. Well, hello. It is Friday, February 7th, 2020. It's a beautiful day. Nice feel-good Friday. Sending you into the weekend in beautiful fashion. I think you're going to enjoy the hell out of these conversations. I can't thank you enough. Literally. I cannot thank you enough for listening to this fucking podcast. If you like it, please tell your friends. If you don't, just act as if you never heard a motherfucking word come out of my mouth. Today's show is brought to you by the greatest ticket-buying platform on planet Earth and... Come on. Nice. From across the room. That's right. SeatGeek is the greatest ticket-buying platform on planet Earth and the moon because they scan all the other ticket-buying platforms make sure you're getting the best value for the tickets that you buy. If you want to go to a comedy show, you want to go see a little music, some concert, maybe a play... Maybe get all sophisticated in culture and do some theater shit. Live sporting event, XFL, basketball, hockey. Hey, hockey's happening. That's hockey talk. Anything that is a live event, SeatGeek has tickets for. And right now, use promo code PAT. You get $10 off your first order. Promo code McAfee, $20 off your first order. It's crazy. They're just giving shit away at this point. Valentine's Day is right around the corner. Give the gift... To the love of your life, a chance to go experience a live event. You're alive, but are you living? Go live and experience something live. Because when you buy tickets, you're not just going to the event. You're buying, buying a chance to tell a story that will last forever. Bachelor, bachelorette parties, weddings, reunions, get-togethers. Hey, you remember that one fucking time we went to the uh, insert name or something here? See, you can do that for you, and they do it at the best price. Promo code PAT, $10 off. Promo code McAfee, $20 off. <laughs> Uh, yesterday, we led off this show, okay, with a sport that has been long called America's pastime, a sport that my father wouldn't let me play because it was so damn boring, a sport that I never truly understood until I played professionally in the Frontier League starting right fielder for the uh, silver medalist of the Frontier League, the Washington Wild Things. I never understood the, uh, the, the sport of baseball, the allure of it, everything like that. In yesterday's show, because of what baseball and the MLB have been able to do, you know, with their cheating accusations and their buzzers on their chest and their robotic eyes that they're using and their garbage cans and their bats and their ruining of pitchers' lives, what baseball has done now over the last couple months where this has all come to fruition, Apple watches telling players what pitches are coming. It's become something that I enjoy. I like a good drama fest in a sport i like whenever a sport that has once been no not once been been very irrelevant for a long time decides you know what the only way we've been relevant in the history of sport is whenever a cheating scandal breaks out we know that black Sox people still talk about it the steroid era barry bonds sammy sosa mark mcguire and the boys <laughs> everyone else everyone these barbarians would step into the batter's box and baseball was hotter than it had ever been ever 
They were hitting baseballs out of baseball parks, almost out of the cities that they were in, into rivers and neighborhoods behind the baseball park. Haven't seen that more than once probably since this whole era ended. Then obviously the MLB and the government shut that down. Said, listen here, boys. You're professional athletes. You can't just be eating every steroid that you find and hit baseballs out of the park. You can't be taking all of the growth hormone in every sandwich that you have, all the deer antler spray, and you can't make this sport a better one than it has been for a long time because it's not a good role model for the children. And I can respect that that's what the government and the league had to do. But ever since that happened, baseball fell off the face of the earth to the average fan. Now, to baseball fans like Ty here, who we'll talk momentarily, it was still something very... But if you look at a lot of those stadiums, there ain't a damn person in those stadiums. Not a single one. I mean, the Yankees still are the Yankees. The Red Sox, we'll see. The Dodgers, like there's a couple teams, I think, that still move numbers. But if you look at all the other places, it is simply just something to do. Nobody gives a damn about it if the team is good or not in their city. Now, that might be because I'm from Pittsburgh and the Pirates have the worst owner in the history of sports and all that stuff. But I honestly believe, if you look at this from the grand scheme of things, from a 30,000-foot view, this sport has been very irrelevant until cheating scandals break out and another one broke out. And in turn from that one breaking out, the Boston Red Sox had to do a complete dump of their team. Just two years ago, they won the World Series. Now there's a big question mark and an asterisk next to that because the person that won them the World Series was the guy that came from Houston, which is originally the cheating scandal. They used Apple Watches. Whatever the case, I don't. they were playing good baseball. It was fun to watch. They were succeeding as opposed to just losing all the time. It was fun to watch. Now they're hitting the reset button. In yesterday's show, Wednesday, February 5th, we led off the show. Get up on ESPN. Led off the show. First things first. Fox led off the show with baseball because a massive trade was made. Rich Eisen's show, he's an NFL guy, leads off the show with baseball news Wednesday, February 5th. Mookie Betts, this man who just slaughters baseballs and is one of the best players in the league who's looking to get $400 million, has been traded away from the Boston Red Sox to the Los Angeles Dodgers alongside one of the only pitchers I can tell you his name, David Price, the big lefty. He was living in a Mercedes when he came out of high school and he was drafted. I remember like a 30 for 30 about him. He's traded out of there. The Red Sox are just quitting basically to get two prospects to build for the future. And now all of a sudden, it is Thursday, February 6th, just one day after the MLB leads off news with big news stories and big things happening. Now it's all going to complete dumpster fire yet again ty what can you tell us about what we let off our show and everybody else let off their show that was just a complete fraudulent scheme scam that didn't happen yeah so one of the big prospects that the red sox were supposed to get back brewster greater all they were getting him from the twins and uh it turns out he had his physical he's had tommy john before he's only Whoa. 21 years old and he also missed time last year from a uh, shoulder injury so they're they're you know things are are holding up there a little bit. They're they're saying though they don't think that this is gonna basically throw everything out of disarray. The Red Sox might end up just grabbing a different prospect, or they're gonna reduce the amount of money that they're giving to the Dodgers to pay for David Price's salary. So yeah, as of right now, this guy failed his physical. There's a chance he won't be going to the Red Sox, but they might just end up grabbing someone else, and they expect this trade to go through. Still. The headline I read said that this trade might not go through for Mookie Betts because of this guy's 
shoulder possibly falling off at 21 years old already. Mm-hmm. So if this doesn't happen, what happens now? You're a guy who just traded from a team, but you end up back on your team. It's like, hey, good to see you boys. Great to be back in the dugout here. Let's have a good time. Or is it going to be like an Andre Iguodala situation with the Memphis Grizzlies in basketball? Andre Iguodala was uh, a member of the Memphis Grizzlies. I don't know if he was traded there from the Golden State Warriors or if he was signed there. I don't know how it worked out. He ended up there. He's 36 years old. In the NBA world, that is an old player. That is, now, Vince Carter's playing until he's 50. We got to see him earlier. It was awesome to watch. LeBron will probably play for a long time. But 36 years old, Andre Iguodala has accomplished everything. He was a perennial all-star when he was with the 76ers. He became sixth man of the year whenever he was with the Golden State Warriors. Won world championships with them. Then he ends up at the Memphis Grizzlies. And at 36 years old, he goes, nah, I'm not playing for this sorry-ass team. <laughs> he said, I won't play until they trade me. Don't hate it. I mean... You got to do what you got to do. The Memphis Grizzlies, though, in turn, the players, John Morant and Dylan Brooks, who's a Canadian basketball player that Gumpy didn't know his name of yesterday. Ooh, a little yikes. bit of a shot across on, the bow there, pal. A little bit of a Canadian uh, uh, ball tap there, pal. <laughs> Is that right? Why didn't you know his name? That's tough. That's on me. Yeah, you look bad. Canada said you look bad yesterday. I got a lot of tweets saying that Gumpy does not represent all of Canada because he couldn't name another Canadian and Dylan Brooks. But anyways, John Morant and Dylan Brooks of the Memphis Grizzlies come out and say, to hell with Andre Iguodala. We want to trade him, and then we want to bury him, basically is what they're saying. So everybody got their wish. Andre Iguodala at 36 years old was traded to the Miami Heat, who are a good team this year. Jimmy Butler has been leading them in good fashion. The Miami Heat are excited. The Miami fan base is excited once again. It's been a while since this has happened. And he just signed a two-year extension with the Miami Heat worth how much? Two years, $30 million. The thing about it, though, the second year is a team option. So the Heat, if they don't re-sign, if they don't pick up the team option, they have money to have a max player next year to sign. Well, that doesn't matter in this situation. Andre Iguodala played this thing perfectly. Absolutely perfectly. He gets traded out of Memphis. He ends up at Miami. Mookie Betts is getting tried to get traded out of Red Sox to get $400 million. Players in all sports are starting to control their destiny. And when I say that, whenever I say that the GOAT in football is doing the exact same thing as these guys are doing. Mookie Betts wanted $400 million with the Boston Red Sox. They offered him $200 million. He said, nah. They offered him $300 million. He said, nah. They said, okay, well, we're in the middle of a scandal, a PR nightmare. We have to reset. We'll get rid of you anyways. Now, granted, a 21-year-old with a terrible shoulder might ruin this whole thing, but Mookie Betts is going to get $400-some million now with the Dodgers, right? Andre Iguodala gets traded out of Memphis to Miami. He ends up from Memphis, Tennessee, which is a great place. We were in Memphis. Yeah. Lovely city. Lovely city. Memphis is a good (laughs) – but now he's in Miami, and he gets an extra $30 million potentially if the second year is picked up. He played his cards right. And I don't think anybody has done what Tom Brady has done with free agency and controlling his future. It started before the season even began. Tom Brady says, I would like to uh, be a free agent after this season. For the first time in 20 years, I would like to control my own destiny. So, all season long, Tom Brady... Their offense is struggling. He doesn't have any weapons. You got people that are that are hurt. You got a defense that is dominant in winning games. But if you watch Tom Brady after the games, giving his post-game pressers, he was miserable. He was tired. He was dejected. For the first time in 20 years, it looked like Tom Brady sweat. 
Because for a long time, you couldn't tell that Tom Brady actually broke a sweat playing professional football and winning six Super Bowls. He would talk about how he's tired. We just played a long game. Every single game, it seemed like conversations were starting to leak about Tom Brady leaving New England. Now, Tom Brady's starting to play it perfectly. Like that in-sync video where they're all on strings. Mm, yep. What's the guy atop the puppet master? It's like he's the... Um, Puppeteer. Puppeteer. There it is, Cuban Z. I appreciate that. He's the puppeteer for this whole thing. And now every single thing he does is calculated, cerebral. It's all in an attempt to get as much leverage as possible, which if you're the greatest player in a sports history and you're a free agent and you know how to play the game a little bit, Tom Brady is just setting a blueprint for other football players. First, it was the... You know, the Las Vegas Raiders meeting with Mark Davis at the UFC fight that he just so happened to go to all by himself. Chase Winovich was there, but he was all by himself, mostly nobody else. He kind of walked in the back door, was seen talking to Mark Davis for like 20 minutes. Picture hits the Internet. It goes crazy. Neither of them come out and say, oh, it's nothing. Tom Brady never came out and said, oh, it's nothing. Then there's the, you know, the cerebral cryptic photo of him walking into the stadium, left without comment, just so everybody can talk about it. Then there's the rumors that his family was in Tennessee and Nashville looking for a new school because he's friends with Vrabel. Then now, just last night, he does a Q&A on his IG story. And the question, the question that he asked the people to ask about was about the TB12 training. Obviously, if you've ever done an IG story Q&A, his thing just got loaded up with the same question. Where are you going? Where are you going? Where are you going? And this is what Tom Brady responded with. A video of him dead-faced, dead-panning, shake of the head, no eyebrow raising, no blink because he is an alien. No, His mouth is completely straight. He didn't smile. He didn't frown. He just stared at the camera, nodded his head, shook his head, on to the next one. Do you know how many takes that had to take Tom Brady? Tom Brady took at least 10 takes on that because he thought maybe if he smiled, so it would mean something. He thought maybe if he lifted an eyebrow, which I'm not 100% sure he could do. <laughs> Tom Brady has played this perfectly, and I I think the more and more and more we all think about it, he's going to get broken off at the age of 40. What is he? 42? I think 43. What is he called? Yeah, oh, Connor just came in from the 43. back room. Connor, uh, your guy, Tom Brady, uh, met with Mark Davis. Your guy, Tom Brady, has left all of these basic hidden messages that he's gone. The movers were at his house in Boston just oh. yesterday. I mean, now he releases this video with a dead face. I assume he, it took him about four to five times legitimately to rehearse there, to, to put that out. In your eyes, as a diehard New England Patriots fan, how does it feel to know that each day that passes is a day closer to the inevitable dynasty coming to a crashing end when Tom Brady decides to leave? First of all, when you sell your house, movers do come and take your stuff out of it so that's normal we yeah, knew that completely normal <laughs> second i mean did you look at his face there he gave one of these he gave one of these he gave a nod we all watched the commercial he said i'm not going anywhere so he was answering that question like why are you asking me this i just gave you an answer obviously i'm staying in new england i do believe there's a chance that he does stay in new england and and i'm saying that because he talks to mark davis there's an entire buzz he was what in the the uh, tunnel 
for the Miami Dolphin Stadium there for the NFL Top 100 next to Tom Brady for how long? Probably 30, 45 minutes, mm-hmm. or next to Bill Belichick for 30, 45 minutes, yep. if I had to guess. I would assume that there was potentially conversation between old Bill and Tom. They were both in pictures, bright, smiling. Bill Belichick's flexing his rings in the camera, mm-hmm. which is not normal for Bill Belichick to do. It just feels like there's a chance. It feels like a chance that he does go back now at this point. He's going to go back. And in my eyes, I thought there was no chance he goes back. I thought he was fed up with how it was going. I thought he was sick of the asterisks about Bill Belichick being the reason why he wins. I thought he was sick of taking the pay cut after pay cut to help make the team better. But now he takes a pay cut and he doesn't have a team around him. The first year Gronk's gone, they did basically nothing to replace him and help Tom Brady's life out. I thought there was a 100% chance he was gone. But the more and more as it goes on, and the more and more smart humans that know inside Side information that are speaking on television are like, according to my sources, <laughs> according to my sources, it seems like Tom is probably staying in New England. It's just more and more heartbreaking. And to be honest, I want to see him go somewhere else. Everybody talks about it. Colin Cowherd talked about it yesterday about how it looks weird for people to be in other jerseys. Everybody says it would be weird to see him in another jersey. Well, you know what? Peyton Manning was the Indianapolis Colt. He has a statue literally in this city that's bigger than any other statue in the city. Like, I, I'm sure there's humans in the past of Indianapolis that have done things here. Okay, I'm sure there's maybe the person that founded this place. Probably whatever, pretty probably a pretty important human in this statue is smaller than Tom or Peyton Manning's statue. He goes to the Denver Broncos, wins the Super Bowl, breaks some record. If you ever see a picture of him on anything, it's him in a Denver Broncos jersey. So the fact that people say, whoa, it doesn't look right. It's like literally the closest example or the closest person that we could uh, compare him to, comps is what they call it in the real estate world, would be Peyton Manning. And he looked just fine, had all the success in the world, was at the end of his career and ended up at a team that gave him the keys to the operation and said, here you go. For at this point, like you said, it does feel like he's going to go back because this would be a really weird way to oh, go yes. out. How you know, this would be worse than the decision by LeBron, by a, the way, a thousand, way more, if, a thousand if times. Toyed, if he just toyed with New England, like just this. trolling him the whole time, uh, terrible. Like, oh, hey, be terrible, savage, absolutely savage. But it, this would be considered worse than the LeBron situation. Yeah, I think so. I'm. <laughs> Absolutely. He strung us along for, what, three months now? This would be brutal. You know, Cleveland people are very loyal and diehard fan base or whatever, and they burned LeBron's jersey when he left. But when he came back, he was welcomed. Boston? Okay, Boston? I saw what happened with Adam Vinatieri every time we came back, right? Before the game started, there was very nice to Adam Vinatieri, and Adam Vinatieri didn't troll, didn't do anything like this. He just was offered a substantial amount more money somewhere else. He was like, ah, business-wise, I got to go do this. Now, granted, he goes on to win Super Bowl with the Colts his first year there. That's what happens when you're Adam Vinatieri. But whenever he was there and it was in between the whistles or whatever when the games had started, the things that were being said to him by Massholes were – outrageous this is the guy that did the after the tuck rule the kick there a super bowl winning kick an afc championship winning kick and the mass holes gave zero dams about any of that if tom brady leaves after all of this and he has to go back and play up there man ah, it would be awesome it would be absolutely it would be must-see television to just hear what's being said by all of the wicked awesome folks up there or whatever. I mean, we're ruthless. It's it's part of it, you a know? A savage group. A savage group. Well, I, they, they burned his jersey after the playoff game, after the playoff the, loss. Uh, Imagine if, you know, he actually does leave. Yeah, and, I mean, our masshole here, uh, he said that it doesn't matter if Tom's gone because right. we got Bill Belichick. Oh, yeah, I mean, hey, but imagine gosh. if Tom comes back now. I mean, think about petty players. Tom said a couple of years ago, or last year, 
I'm the baddest mother lover on the planet. Everyone's been saying that the dynasty's dead. He comes back all of a sudden. He did out. say that in the locker room, right? That got leaked yep. out, which, by the way, he never denied. Right, there was never ever an open like nobody. I wonder if somebody ever asked him like, "Hey, there was a story from an equipment manager that you walked into the equipment room after a game and you said I'm the baddest mother on the planet. Is that accurate or not?" What Tom would say was, "In the heat of the moment, sometimes you say things." You know, <laughs> he'd give he'd give that head nod he gave right there on yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> Tom Brady is playing this thing perfectly, as did Mookie Betts. If that kid's robotic arm can get back together mm-hmm. and not ruin the trade, as did Andre Iguodala. Players are making good business decisions at this point. And it's, I mean, fans are going to hate it. The more and more this happens, the more and more fans are going to hate it. Like, absolutely hate it. I mean, look what Antonio Brown, I mean, there's a lot going on with Antonio Brown and has since then. He forced himself out of Pittsburgh, forced himself out of Oakland. And now, granted, it did not work out with New England due to terrible allegations against him and everything like that and what has happened since has been very sad as a person who's a fan of watching him play football but he forced himself out Lev Bell forced himself out Melvin Gordon tried to force himself out Ezekiel Elliott held out and got a country I mean fans are going to hate this as players continue to do this and to be honest the blueprint is coming from Tom effing Brady dude it's insane to me well and we always talk about like if you get to that position, you need mentally need to think that you're the best regardless. So if yeah. you see all these guys around you getting this money, why would you shortchange yourself? I'm like, ah, eh, now nah, I'll take 75 million less than that guy's getting. Uh, I mean, my wife makes 100 million a year. I understand that, but that doesn't mean that I shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, I'm happy for her. I'm happy for our kids. I love our life, but I've thrown a lot of touchdowns. Also, knock, 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 <laughs> knock, knock, knock. There's six Super Bowl rings. What a world. 21 minutes after the hour. I think he's coming back, but boy, I wish he, I hope he leaves. Just because, just because. Change is nice. Well, and also, nah, I'd, I'd, like to, I'd like to see just <laughs> the Patriots fans, for all of their druthers and, and all that stuff and what people hate, they are a passionate, savage, ruthless group. And just to hear the reactions from the wicked, mad Boston fans. Oh, it would be. It'd be content for days. It'd be content for days. A guy that I would have got starstruck for if he was down there is a former running back for the Philadelphia Eagles. A guy that's a friend of the show. Very intelligent human. Ladies and gentlemen, running back Brian Westbrook. Dad, what's going on, brother? How's everything, man? Hey, did you just hear me talk about seeing MC Hammer down at Radio Row and losing my I mind? heard you. I heard you talking about that. That's pretty cool. You you never can be uh, beat too legit to quit. How about that? Hey, I, and by the way, as a white human, I very much recognize that if I get his name wrong, I look like an absolute fool. So I had <laughs> there you go. I there to, you go. You got it right. Congrats. Well, I had to swallow the C Hammer. I just said M. I'm not 100 sure. Uh, where are you right now? There's a bullfighter in the background. You know what? I am here. I'm about to do a podcast with your boy, Adam Lefko. Okay. Um, over at Bleacher Report. So, yeah, we're just trying to get ready for that. Okay. Well, tell Lefko we said hello and tell them we're very happy for him with that TNT gig he got. That's awesome. He did a great job on Tuesday night. Yeah, he did a great job. I'm happy for Adam Lefko. Also happy for you. Can't wait to hear what you got to talk about. Let's talk about Andy Reid finally winning a Super Bowl, Mr. Westbrook. As a man who played for him, as a man that got to know him, what did it mean to you to watch Andy Reid, the big Kool-Aid man, finally get that moment of celebration and happiness? Well, of course, as a former player of his, you wanted it to be, and I wanted it to be uh, uh, with our team. Of course, I wanted to, I wanted to have a Super Bowl ring myself. Yeah. More importantly, Hell yeah. Um, but I, you know, I'm certainly happy for Andy. He's put his time in. Uh, 21 years coaching, only three losing seasons over that time. You know, he took a, a, a 
Philadelphia Eagles football team from a bad team to a team that went to five NFC championships team games. He also took a uh, Kansas City Chiefs team to, from two and fourteen to eleven to five the next year, and to now, of course, over the last couple of years, they've done really, really well. It's been impressive what he's been able to do. He's a quality coach, quality individual, and now he certainly has that Super Bowl ring that brings his legacy up and above a lot of other coaches that that have have won Super Bowls in the past. Listen to you just rattle off his stats there. Andy Reid does not get talked about enough. I don't think Andy Reid gets talked about. Now. He will now because he's a Super Bowl yeah. winning coach and the Chiefs are this team that's going to be an electric factory for probably the next five years, if I had to guess. Maybe 10, maybe more. I don't know how it's going to go. But Andy Reid is one of the greats all time. And there's a conversation like, has this solidified him as a Hall of Famer? Like, that's a very dumb conversation. I think he solidified that a long time ago. The Super Bowl ring only helps. Yeah, I think that he was already a Hall of Famer. And, and I didn't mention this stat, but it's true. The Philadelphia Eagles were 3-13 and before Andy got there. They were 5-11 and his first year. <laughs> and then, so of course, we played five NFC Championship games in a Super Bowl. So, hey, you listen, you're talking about one of the best play innovators uh, the game has seen, one of the best now. And just think about it. All the young guys are getting all the credit. Sean McVay, uh, Kyle Shanahan, all the young. Frank Reich, in a way, he's a little bit older. But Andy Reid, an old dog that has kind of figured things out. He, When he left Philadelphia, things were getting stale. Guys were figuring out the offense. Teams were calling out the plays. He goes to Kansas City, kind of regular, uh, resurrects his career, and he goes out there, and now this team continues to win. Double-digit game year after year. And that offense looks totally different than the offense uh, that we played with in, 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 uh, in Philadelphia. Looks totally different in this because you have a different quarterback, of course, but also because Andy Reid, um, he knows how to use talent. He allows his players to be themselves, and he puts them in the best best space for them to be successful and so he's just done a great job he put patrick mahomes in the best space to be successful i mean that guy is potentially up for a 200 million dollar contract obviously yeah. they send alex smith down the road to washington a lot of people question it a lot of people had no idea what they're doing because it was alex smith's best year of his entire career and then whammy goes nope we're taking this kid from texas tech this is going to be our guy now patrick mahomes is up for 200 million dollars whenever you were in the nfl and i i think this is something that people don't really know about so whenever you're in your first couple years of the nfl you're still playing the game it's a kid's game you're playing for the contract that was handed to you that you were either slotted in or that you're uh that you got and then whenever you finally get to a contract negotiation you you quickly realize that it's pawn stars and you are the thing that's sitting on the table for rick to negotiate with right. and he's the one saying like well he's it's a little bit dinged up it's gonna sit on the shelf for a little bit it's this it's that that's when you realize that it's a real business right Right now, Dak Prescott down with the Dallas Cowboys, which obviously Philadelphia Eagles are massive fans of. He's in a situation where everybody's saying like he's going to get franchise tagged, and then there's people saying he should sit out. There's no way the quarterback of a team, the face of a franchise, even if he does get franchise tagged and he doesn't like it and he has earned and deserves a long term, there's no way he can sit out and not sign that franchise tag if they give it to him, right? I don't know, man. I think he kind of saw that how the things went with Zeke. Uh, earlier this season where he sat out and he got the contract. And if you're Dak, you're saying, I would be saying the same exact thing. If I'm the quarterback of your, your organization in the face of your franchise, there should never be a situation where you would even allow me to sit out, which Ooh. means you probably should just pay him the contract. And that hasn't uh, really happened. But here's the other part. If I'm Dak Prescott, I'm saying, okay, I just had the best season of my career. 
literally the best yards, best touchdown. Everything was the best of my career. Yeah, we didn't win the, you know, we didn't win the championship. We didn't make the playoffs, but that wasn't totally my fault. Some of it certainly was. But if, if I just had the best season of my career, what else do you need to see? You saw the improvement from last year to this year. You saw what we've done in the past. We made the playoffs two of the last four years. We won the division two of the last four years. What, what do you mean you don't want to pay me? You're not sure that I'm the guy? Well, go find someone else and allow them to be a guy and try to figure that out. Allow me to go get my money somewhere else. But at, up to this point, Dak has not been paid. And I would be absolutely frustrated in considering sitting out the same way Dak is if they wouldn't pay me before the season starts. That would be catastrophic for the Cowboys if Dak Prescott <laughs> said, nope, I'm not signing it and sat out. Just for a team that always wants to perceive as if they're doing the right thing, right? Jerry Jones right. always wants to be it to be perceived as I'm doing the right thing. Didn't fire Jason Garrett whenever he should have because he said he views Jason Garrett as a family member. He wants to do this the right way. Like kind of with everything. Like there's even stories that he asked Troy Aikman to help him design the press box where it's at for the new stadium because he knew Troy was going to be in like everything jerry jones is is to give out the image of hey we're trying to do the right thing if your quarterback that has overplayed his pay by far he retired a guy that you consider an all-time great in tony romo and if he just says no i'm not playing anymore unless you pay me that would be a massive statement from Dak press a massive statement and i don't think jerry would love the way that looked he would definitely hate it because again for the most part they're not a bunch of franchise figures, of the face of franchise that are holding out because they're usually taken care of. In this situation, he hasn't been taken care of. And, of course, and you mentioned it, he's already outplayed his contract because he wasn't drafted very high. And so now he, he deserves to get paid. I'm not sure what else they're looking for um, to see from Dak Prescott. How was your contract situations, the negotiations? Did it ever get awkward in there or did everything go smooth? It was always awkward, and it never went smooth. But at the same time, you know, the team has to do what's best for the team. And the be what's best for the team is to win football games. Dak Prescott, as well as myself, we were part of winning culture of football teams. And so in the, at the end of the day, you have to end up paying those guys. And if you continue to wait, the more the money goes up. And that's what happened with me. And I think that's what happened with Dak Prescott as well. Oh, did you did you give him a – no, I'm not signing that. Oh. I don't – well, I, well I, yeah, I held out um, during training camp. I came back. Ended up getting paid in the middle of the season. But, you know, sometimes it goes like that. Sometimes you got to hold out just to create some leverage. And really, it's funny that you, we mentioned leverage because I think that's the same thing that Tom Brady mm. is trying to create with some of the things that he's doing. Just some leverage, just some fan engagement to say, hey, we want Tom back. And, and of course, the Patriots uh, came out and said, yeah, we'll pay him up to $30 million or something to that effect, which is, which is a good start. But if I'm Tom Brady, I want more money too. So creating leverage certainly does work they say if you win the mob you win rome right now i don't know if all of new england is split or 100 percent behind tom brady but it does feel as if he's puppeteering this entire thing in a beautiful fashion he could end up at six teams and everybody would be like yeah that makes sense but it seems right. like as the days go on is there any chance that he tells the patriots fans after all of this savage trolling that he's been doing sayonara and will this be received worse than the decision came from lebron james well i think that you know, there's no chance that Robert Kraft, the owner, allows him to get out of New England, whether it's going to take 30, 31, 32, whatever that number is. He's the greatest of all time. He's the reason why you've been to nine Super Bowls and won six of them. He's the reason for all of that. And so why would you ever allow him to leave? To me, if I have that guy on my team, whenever he's retiring, he's retiring as a Patriot and never have played for another team. And that, that would be my decision as the owner. 
And I, you know, if I'm the Patriots, I got to, let's say I get a rookie quarterback. Let's say I get anybody other than Tom Brady. I have to put weapons around him no matter what. So why wouldn't he just put weapons around the greatest quarterback of all time and allow that to be figured out that way? You still have Belichick. You still have Josh McDaniels. Now you put weapons around the GOAT and try to win a Super Bowl that way. Every other year from 2014 until now, the Patriots have won a Super Bowl. This year was an off year. They didn't, you know, they didn't win a Super Bowl. They lost the first round of the playoffs. Next year would continue that trend where they would win another Super Bowl if that if that trend continues. We're talking to Brian Westbrook, two-time Pro Bowler and running back uh, in Eagles Hall of Famer. Uh, my final question for you is this. New CBA is up, right? And the last CBA was up. Were you still in the league whenever the last CBA was up, yeah? I think so, yeah. 2000, right the end. Yeah, 2010. Were you part of the lockout and all that stuff? You know, I think my last year, I was, so I was, I wasn't signed at the time, and then I guess it got signed, and then I, I signed with the 49ers that last year. The lockout was the best thing ever. I assume for rookies, it's terrible, yeah. but for everybody else, it was like a spring break. It was a vacation. They're like, hey, we'll see you at training camp. It's like, sounds good to me, man. That's I'll, right. I'm going to go tour the world real quick, but it seems as if there's a chance that that's going to happen again, right? And Damari Smith came out and said that if we want everything we actually want, it's going to take a two-year work stoppage or something like wow. that, which wow. I don't think is possible right now with all the money that's up for grabs and people's lives, livelihoods, and families. I don't think that's possible. But the CBA seems like it's going to come down to the 11th hour, maybe even past it. And a big conversation starter and ender, I believe, is going to be the 17-game season. How do you feel about the thought of a 17-game season if there is an extra bye week included as well? You know, as a player, and I knew how I felt at the end of 16, um, to add another game, that, that kind of worries me. I, I understand the health aspect for some of the guys, especially – you know, add another game. I don't know that just one more game, four more quarters is uh, is going to put that much strain on your health. But, um, you know, I've never really thought about it. I, I just think that if, I, if I'm a player, I'm saying, okay, it's 17 games. We want some other benefits coming our way in the CBA. And that may be the marijuana thing. That may be a lot of different other things. But, you know, as a player, the, the leverage that you're talking about is I'm not going to play. And the, I'll tell you one thing the owners would never want. They don't want to stop collecting those TV checks. And so if you tell them that you don't want to play, then at that point um, they'll try to figure things out. And and I think uh, the leverage probably is on the player's side in this situation. But, you know, if it's going to get some of the guys an extra check, I'm sure some of the guys will agree to do that. Two extra checks, actually. Two extra, that's right, with the bye week. That's yeah, right. Two extra checks. And now let's all remember, too, though, if they do hold out in a lockout, remember what happened 10 years ago, the owners wouldn't let the players in the building. So everybody was like, these players are greedy. These players are this. It's like, no, no, it, this was not us. This was the, right. owners, the owners not letting us in. Now, what. Damari Smith referred to, though, was a strike, which would be the players refusing the other. Those are two very different things, and it's all about how you PR it, I think, in this entire negotiation. Next couple months, you're going to see a lot of PR coming out for That's each right. side, either a leak of this, we've agreed to this, a leak from the players, we agreed to this, just to see if you can get the humans on side because it's millionaires battling billionaires, but the billionaires, in a lot of fans' eyes, have brought a lot more to the city than those millionaires have, and those millionaires are replaceable, which they're not, by the way, unless you're expecting Shane Falco to come come in and do very good those millionaires are not replaceable this is all just going to be one big work i'm excited excited to see how it works out i can't thank you enough good luck with the podcast tell left go we said hello ladies and gentlemen two-time pro bowler superstar eagles hall of famer brian westbrook thank you brian thank you guys all right we gotta get to a break uh there's this guy 
that we've been telling you about in Philadelphia. Hey, he's good. Yeah, very good. He was really good at football, too. I didn't know he held out. That's a big deal. Hey, that's business there. That's a massive decision. Like me, I'd be like, if I hold out, they're just going to cut me. (laughs) So whenever I hear about these guys who are very vital to their team being like, nah, I'm not doing it, I'm like, the gut sack on that guy. Do you think it would have been different if he would have been doing it today because a premium was a little bit higher on a running back probably Uh, back when he held out? I would assume, but Brian Westbrook was also an absolute weapon. Yeah, for for sure. Today's show is brought to you by the beautiful people at Roman. Roman is this men's health company that is trying to make men's lives a lot better. You know, if you're losing hair, they got your back. You want to get better skin? They got your back. You want to last longer on the sack? They got your shaft. <laughs> uh, I should have said your back. They do. Roman swipes right now are something that can not only make you, you know, enjoy making love with your lady. It will make you enjoy making love with your lady longer. Or man. Hey, or man. Roman swipes are these discreetly packaged things that arrive to your house in two days for free because shipping is free. And you put them in your back pocket. And then whenever it's about time to make love, you wipe the swipes on the baby maker, let it dry, And it will not pass over to your partner. And it will make you last a lot longer. Put on a show in there, okay? Do it with our friends at Roman. Go to GetRoman.com. Use promo code USA for 20% off and two-day shipping. Be a hero in the sack, okay? Go put on a show out there. GetRoman.com forward slash USA. Promo code USA. 20% off, two-day shipping. Let's go. Time to put on a show. Valentine's Day is right around the corner. Let's remember it forever. Now let's get to the show. And joining us now with Level Select CBD. Yes, sir. A man who is a high, what's that? A Cadenwood product. A Cadenwood product. Former NFL quarterback of the Bengals, the Raiders, and the Cardinals. A lot of success in all those places. Mm -hmm. Most importantly, the Cardinals, though. Heisman Trophy winner, Arson Palmer's here on behalf of Caden Wood and Level Select CBD creams and roll-ons, which are perfect for alleviating muscle pain and stiffness. That's what you do, I believe. You look younger than I've ever seen a human at your age look. How old do you think I am? Right now, you look like you're 12. <laughs> that sounds so good. Thank you. You're you on TV. made my day. You were on NFL Network, I think, yesterday on uh, one of our TVs. And I walked by, and I had no idea who the hell it was. And I walked up, like, I was like, is that Carson? Is that a male model? <laughs> that? Is that Brad you did. You looked exactly like that. You looked you, damn you good. You are very flattering. I appreciate that. Did, right. I, did I tell you how amazingly good-looking you are today? Well, that would be a lie, and I don't want you to lie on this show. Okay, I want the <laughs> truth. And the truth of the matter is this. You played at a very high level for a man named Bruce Arians. Okay? Bruce Arians, by all accounts, has had a lot of success with his offenses and his quarterbacks in a lot of places. I heard you give an interview, though, about how it is to be a quarterback in that system and how Jameis Winston, although he had a lot of success, there's probably a lot of room to grow in the knowledge department of that offense because it's so intricate. Am I accurate in saying that? Yeah, just just the experience uh, of being in that system and having an offseason to go back and watch himself play 16 times and learn from his mistakes. I mean, there's a lot of yards. I think he led the league in yards. He had 30 or 31 touchdown passes, but he threw 30 picks. Yeah. And and I don't know how many picks I threw in my first year, but it was a bunch in his system because it's there is no there's no easy throws in that system. <laughs> there is no three-step game. Everything is long, deep 
play action, five steps, seven step drops, posts, digs, deep down the field, long developing plays. It's a really, really difficult offense to come into in year one and 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 just light the league on fire. I if if Jameis is back, I expect those those picks to be cut in half. Okay. And he'll throw for five thousand yards again, easy in that system. Okay, so we said, and I believe the whole world said, that watching Jameis Winston play football this year was like watching a lightning rod. Okay? He controlled whether or not the Buccaneers are gonna win, and he controlled whether or not their opponent was gonna win because of how many picks he threw. You're saying that in that offense that you had a lot of success in, next year if he was to be resigned, now granted, I don't know if they're gonna sign him for thirty some million a year. I, I honestly don't know if he's going to do that but let's say they do resign you're saying he's going to be a much better next year than much he was better this year. much better i mean a big part of that system is mike evans and godwin and oj and and ronald uh what's the tailback from sc Dar- darby no not ronald darby the uh, rojo um ronald jones, ronald oh, yeah. jones the, the running back in that in that system <laughs> is phenomenal so I, I like the weapons. I like the style of play, the aggressiveness. Bruce isn't a guy you know. You play oh, yeah. for him. He's not going to try to, you know, on one drive go 80 yards on 13 plays. He's oh, trying no. to go 80 yards on two. Yeah. Now, if Philip Rivers, who has been, who has moved from San, one moved to Los Angeles, <laughs> moves from San Diego to Florida, and apparently, allegedly, there's been interest between the Buccaneers and Philip Rivers because it's Florida and it's closer to family. Is that an offense that an OG could pick up? rather quickly and become a good quarterback in? I'm a huge Philip Rivers fan. I think he's one of the more underrated quarterbacks of my generation. Um, he's not the prototypical Bruce Arians, strong-armed, long ball, a lot of touch. Philip is phenomenal. He doesn't have the arm that you would want to build that system around, but he is so good at playing Philip Rivers' game. He, he knows he can't chuck at 65 yards. He, you know, consistently on a consistent basis, he can't do that, but Philip in that system, combining him with those receivers and just his knowledge and his experience and his expertise of playing this position, I think he could go there and have a lot of success. How much fun would you have had in an Andy Reid offense? Well, I, with I, these weapons, yeah, I mean, they go five wide like a track meet. They and they got every play is but, on the and, docket. And they also, I mean, they, you want to talk about easy completions? They throw six to eight screens a game. What's they, he they saying? Average, what did Carson Palmer just say? He just said Patrick Mahomes has made money off of just easy completions. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. He's made he's he's gonna make a lot of money off of a lot of completions <laughs> and a lot I think seventy-eight touchdowns in two years. But their screen game is really, really good. And that is the X factor against this defensive front in San Francisco. You've got to not you can't just sit back in the pocket and let them pin their ears back and come after you. Andy does such a good job. He runs screens the fullback, the tight end, all three receivers. So He's not, you know, you're not a sitting duck in, in Andy's system sitting in the top of the pocket. You don't know where the quarterback's going to be. Is it a screen? Is it a run? Is it play-action pass? They're very, very difficult to stop. A lot of people talk about balance in football, and Andy Reid has been one of the most unbalanced offensive coordinators in the history of the game and enemy. Like 76% of the time they throw it. But if you use that screen, it's just an extension of the run game, right? That doesn't get added into the entire thing. It's a run. I mean, you're getting the ball into your playmaker's hands. Travis Kelsey's damn near a tailback when he's got the ball in his hands. Tyreek is like a tailback when he's got the ball in his hands. You know, Sammy Watkins, I mean, you can go on and on down the list. They have so many different players that they all are interchangeable. So sometimes Kelsey's in the backfield, sometimes he's at tight end, sometimes he's split out wide. You can't get a bead on where individual players are going to be to double them very often. Carson? Yes. This guy's, so much, name, this guy's name is Tone Diggs. <laughs> it's not so much a question as, as much. I just want to apologize for 
I'm from Pittsburgh. I just want to apologize for anything bad that anyone in Heinz Field has ever said to you, anything bad that the organization has ever done to you. I, yeah. just, I just felt like I, as a representative, here, should apologize to you for you anything know, it, that it they've done. It feels good. I, I've, I've had a chip on my shoulder from, from you know, a handful of things fans have said to me mm-hmm. in Heinz Field. Mm-hmm. And it's, now I just feel like this weight has been lifted off. So thank because you. of Tom right there? Thank you, yeah. Just that moment yeah, right there? Yeah, just that was, that was what right. I needed. Oh, I've been boy. waiting on that. The combination of me and the CBD cream just... You really, you really feel like you're you're lighter now. I do feel lighter, I, and I'm apparently I look like I'm 12, so that's always good. <laughs> I do. can't get into a bar tonight if I look like I'm 12. I have an ID though. I'm good. Miami, you'll be, able to. be right. <laughs> Super Bowl week. You'll be able to do whatever. Right. Whenever you were at the Bengals, obviously Bengals Steelers, quite a rivalry there for a while back in the day. Not so much here in the last couple years, I guess. The Bengals as an organization, nothing much has changed since you've left. Nothing much has changed. Nothing much has changed since Boomer left the next <laughs> stage over here in the late 80s. But did you guys see Palomar? I just saw Troy Palomar. Did you see him? Here? Walking around, he's here. No. no. He's here. With his hair? He's not. in a blue shirt. He yeah. was a nightmare. He's, oh, a t- he's ruined my dream. He is the epitome of a first ballot Hall of Famer. I mean, he was so awesome. He was my roommate in college. I had to practice against him every day in college. And then I had to play against him, unfortunately, twice a year when I was in, in Cincinnati. Let's talk about Palomalu real quick. Palomalu? <laughs> yeah, some other players that you played against. Uh, you also had to play against Ed Reed over there in the AFC oh, yeah. North. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of incredible safeties. His instincts are what made him so incredible, obviously, athleticism and ball skills and tracking, ball hawking. But his instincts feel like him and Ed Reed had these things that he they just knew what to do, when to do it. Is that accurate? Yeah, I mean, I, I personally think the, the probably... T- the two best safeties to ever play the game, and so different. I mean, you you think okay, they're both they're both you know Pro Bowl safeties, but Troy played down in the box. He was taking on linemen, you know, making plays in the backfield in the run game. Ed was deep. Ed was reading the quarterback's eyes. He was reading the quarterback's footwork. He was seeing receivers' routes and concepts develop and, and jumping on them. And Ed and Troy, I thought, what separated them from everybody else I played against is they could go from being in a back pedal to putting their foot in the ground and running forward, and they both are 4-3-ish guys. They were running 4-3 in 2-3 to three steps. Most guys, it's, I, I ran 4-3, but it took me like <laughs> 10 to 15 yards to get up to 4-3 speed. But those two guys would plant their foot in the ground and drive on a ball or a ball carrier, and they would be running full speed within two steps. Best player you ever played with? The best player I ever played with, I played um, I played with Ladanian Tomlinson in a Pro Bowl the say. year he won. He was the MVP. Doug Flutie said that, that yesterday. Man, I've never, and, and you know, on the field in the Pro Bowl, you're playing with the best guy at every position, and I was, I was just hanging the ball off, and I wouldn't even carry out my bootleg, and I would just turn around and hand it and watch him go to work, and he was so quick and explosive and playing at a different speed than everybody else on the field and everybody else on the field was the best at their position that's interesting you played with larry fitzgerald right can you believe he's still coming back yeah he might he's year amazing. After year. 10 it's million amazing. guaranteed just another year he's, another worth, he's worth every penny i mean what what he brings to the locker room what he brings to the organization aside from what he's doing on the field larry hasn't slowed down in the last larry's been the same player for the last 15 years, the last 10 years, he's not the same guy. He, you know, the 04 Larry that was, you know, 19 years old, 20 years old, but he slowed down a little bit because he's in year 17 or 18. But for the last eight or 10 years, he has not slowed down. He looks like he's 32 still. And I think as you get older, you get smarter. Right? No doubt, no doubt. I mean, what what he's he's gone from being a dominant X, a dominant single side receiver, and now he's playing inside where he's he's not running one on one routes. He's got 
He's getting double covered. He's blocking linebackers. He's cracking on defensive ends. He is an absolute problem in the run game for defenses because he's got you know 225 pounds, and when he grabs on you and grabs you and is blocking you in the run game, he's an asset for the run game for the Cardinals. Hey, that's a man out there. <laughs> that's a big boy. Hey, uh, who's your favorite center that you ever took a snap from? Ooh. I play with a guy named Richie Bram from West Virginia right when I came to the league that was amazing. He loved him. He was um, greatest. I played for, we played with Eric Guycheck. Oh, I played with AQ awesome. Shipley, who I know <laughs> you love. That's my guy. Yeah, okay. Q's my guy. All right. I, 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 can't, I can't put a favorite on it, but um, I have a handful of favorites, and AQ's right near the top of the list. Is Level Select CBD your absolute favorite, Carson? It's absolutely my favorite. It's a, uh, you, sh- you have hip issues? Knees. Knees. Knees? Okay. Can I leave this with you? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, Drew Brees nice. brought me a drink. Well, I'm bringing you. I one-upped him. I'm, I'm <laughs> one-upped really today. Level Select CBD, you can buy it online at selectmylevel.com or levelselectcbd.com. It's been a game changer for me. It en- enables me to ski and hike and bike ride and do wow. all the things I want to do and do them comfortably. I didn't know you were an outdoorsman, a frontier guy. I live in Idaho, man. I live in the mountains. Oh, it's awesome. Idaho, I've heard wow. that place is awesome. It's amazing. Never been, but I've come, heard. Come do a show in Idaho. I will. Do it. Do it. I, I will. That's our More Cows and People tour. Yeah, we're going to do a More Cows and People tour. We're going to go to uh, Iowa, mm-hmm. uh, South Dakota, North Dakota, Idaho, Nebraska. Nebraska. I mean, come on. That's what we're going to do. And you know what we're going to do? We're going to rub and lather the hell out of our bodies <laughs> yeah. with Level Select yeah. CBD. Ladies and gentlemen, absolute superstar quarterback, Carson. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you, Carson. Thank you. Hey, I appreciate you. Appreciate it, man. There's a family. Uh, the Kelsey family from Cincinnati, Ohio, that both brothers, Jason and Travis Kelsey, are legendary individuals as well as incredible football players. Both of them perennial pro bowlers. Now they're both world champions. When the Philadelphia Eagles won the Super Bowl two years ago, Jason Kelsey, who was dressed in a... Mummers. Mummers outfit. Mummers outfit, which I guess is a massive ordeal in Philadelphia delivered a monologue about the Philadelphia Eagles team that is still talked about to this day. Ladies and gentlemen, Jason Kelsey's speech after winning the Super Bowl in Philadelphia. I'm going to take a second to talk to you about underdogs. Sounds good. I know Lane and Chris just talked about this, but I don't think that it's been beat home enough. Beat that thing. Howie Roseman, a few years ago, was relinquished of all control pretty much in this organization. She was put in the side... Hey. <laughs> he was put in the side of the building where I didn't see him for over a year. Two years ago, when they made a decision, he came out of there a different man. Like he came out of there up. with a purpose <laughs> and a drive to make this possible. And I saw a different Howie Roseman, an underdog, <laughs> Doug Peterson. When Doug Peterson was hired, he was rated as the worst coaching hire by a lot of freaking analysts out there in the media. This next part's my favorite. This past offseason, some clown named Mike Lombardi <laughs> told him that he was the least qualified head coach in the NFL. Friend of the show, Mike Lombardi. You saw a driven Doug Peterson, a man who went for it on fourth and down. Went for it on fourth and down in the Super Bowl with the trick play. He wasn't playing for a, for a, playing just to go mediocre. No. He's playing for a Super Bowl. You're damn right. <laughs> You're damn right, Jason. And it don't stop with him. Nope. It does not stop with him. Jason Peters was told he was too old. 
before. Before he got hurt, he was the best freaking tackle in the NFL. Me was told he didn't have it. Stephen Wisniewski ain't good enough. Jason Kelsey's too small. Lane Johnson can't lay off the juice. Brandon Brooks can't Carson Wentz didn't go to an official one school. Nick Foles don't got it. Mark Clement's too slow. Look at Blood ain't got it anymore. Jay and John can't stay healthy. Roy Smith can't catch. Nelson Aguilar can't catch. Unlike Aguilar. Zach Gers can't block. Red Selleck's too old. Brandon Graham was drafted too high. What? Benny Curry ain't got it. What? Bo Allen can't fit the scheme. What? Thomas can't fit the scheme. Nigel Brandon can't catch. Jalen Mills can't cover. Patrick Robinson can't cover. It's the whole team. <laughs> that was a magical moment. From uh, the Super Bowl parade in Philadelphia. He's in front of what looks to be about 500,000 people up on a stage in a mummer's outfit. Obviously had hammered no less than 15 to 40 beers on the (laughs) Super Bowl parade route. And he goes up there and cuts a legendary promo about the Philadelphia Eagles team. That's two years ago. Now fast forward. His brother, Travis Kelsey, wins the Super Bowl for the Kansas City Chiefs. Travis Kelsey had already started to win the Super Bowl celebration with the Lombardi Luge on the internet. And immediately after the game, the NFL Network folks told him, like, hey, you're going to have to give a speech that somehow rivals what your brother gave. And then he asked Jason Kelsey, Jason, what tips will you give Travis Kelsey uh, for the speech to coming up if he can match yours? And Jason said, this is my brother. He's, uh, he doesn't need my tips for the Super Bowl, and he's going to give the best speech next to mine in the history of Super Bowl parades, okay? So they knew the game, the moment that game ended, both brothers knew that Travis Kelsey was going to deliver a speech, and this was going to be a hyped-up moment that would be in comparison to what his brother did just a couple years ago, and this is what Travis Kelsey did. 21 years. How about, how about that? I'm going to walk this wall. How about 21 years? Y'all know what that means? Everybody here is thinking, oh, that's when I can, you know what I mean, legally get a drink. Yeah. <laughs> no, 21 years. That's how That's how long it's just been turning for my guy Andy Reid. Mm. It's just been turning and turning and turning. And what we do, what we do, we unleash a can of whoop ass everybody. <laughs> 24 nothing. I ain't trying to hear it. Shout in. I ain't trying to hear it. Fourth quarter, six and whatever left on the clock. Down 10. <laughs> we got Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, baby. How about Sammy Watkins? Woo! How about Damian Williams? Woo! How about my dog, 5'5", five, five, and he ain't off sides? My <laughs> <laughs> What's good? Okay. So now we have to ask the question. Was Travis Kelsey's promo better than Jason Kelsey's promo? Now, this has to be mentioned. 
Whenever you go out and do something that somebody's already done, you already have to live up to a high expectation. For instance, when I was going out to give the draft pick, we all knew what was going to happen, but there was other people that had cut promos in their draft picks before me, right? There's the David Akerses, the uh, uh, Reggie Wayne did a little bit. There's years past people did this type of thing. So it's always hard to live up to the hype. If you had to bet or vote who had a better promo, Travis or Jason. Now, granted, Travis took a shot at somebody. Travis had both a Ric Flair woo, a Stone Cold Steve Austin. He had everything in his speech as well. Had a lot of energy. Was obviously at the same level of intoxication as his brother. Who are you voting was better? Nick Moroto, I'll go to you first. I'm going to vote Jason and solely because I would expect this from Travis. Uh, I, we know him as a personality. He's loud. He's outgoing. I didn't know Jason Kelsey well enough to expect that from him. Okay, Ty? It's got to be Jason Kelsey. I mean, oh. shooting an absolute rocket launcher at Mike Lombardi during it. <laughs> and then naming all 53 guys on the roster. You can't beat that. Uh, Zito, Cuban Z. I'm going to go Jason for the outfit. Okay. I do think that is something that needs to be taken into account, Fox. Also Jason because of the outfit. Okay. And Gumpy. I'm Jason because he said fourth and down and double down yeah. on it. <laughs> he heard that it was wrong and was like, no. I would like to give credit to Travis Kelsey, though, because he stepped into a terrible, terrible situation having to live up to what his brother did a couple years ago when nobody had done what Jason Kelsey had done. So he was a trailblazer. This is the first time something like this really was able to captivate the internet. So Travis Kelsey was walking into a buzzsaw regardless. And by the way, to be that intoxicated in that situation, I think Travis did a hell of a job. Honestly, and he dropped a mother... Uh, yeah. in the middle yeah. of uh, Kansas City, Missouri, <laughs> which also happened to have a high-speed chase happen at the beginning. Oh. That parade started <laughs> That parade started with a high-speed chase, like straight out of GTA, and it ended with Travis Kelsey dropping an MFR <laughs> on every single news station in the surrounding area. I think that was one of the best parades in the history of the Super Bowl. Sorry for interrupting. I just wanted to let you know that with the ever-increasing number of makes of a vehicle, you know, there's Fiat, Kia, Jeep, Toyota, Ford, GM, Dodge, Honda, Hyundai, Kia, Cadillac, Tesla, Audi, Mercedes, BMW, you get it. And then the never-ending amount of models of vehicles. It is impossible to stock all the parts you could possibly need for a car in a traditional chain superstore front. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions? Um, is your car an LX or an EX? Does it use the PX? What year is it? Uh, how many melees do you have on that? And wait... While the counterman orders the parts on his computer or her computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at your home and in your pocket, and that is where you need to go if you need anything for your vehicle. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds and hundreds of manufacturers. 
They have everything from engine control modules to brake parts and tail lamps or, or motor oil and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals as do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same damn parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write McAfee in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know that we sent you. It's amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com the coronavirus, Diggs does have the flu, and everybody in his house has had the flu for about a week or so. Now, we're no doctors, but there is a virus going around that says to sound like that, so maybe they quarantine the Diggs house, hopefully. This is a real thing happening, by the way, and I'm on a plane this weekend to Dallas because of uh, the XFL game St. Louis at Dallas. I'll be calling 5 o'clock on Sunday on ESPN. I'm on a plane there, and then I'm hopping on a plane to vacation. Should I get one of those mask things? Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, might to. need a SARS mask. I need a coronavirus mask. Is that the same thing? As I a think SARS? so. I think so. Okay. I'm in the market. I'm currently in the market. If anybody has a good SARS mask, I'd like you to send that to our office. I need it before tomorrow, though, because I'm traveling on Saturday morning. Welcome back. Speaking of XFL debuts this weekend, excited to see how it goes. The XFL is this league that... I think is going to have to battle against the reputation of the original XFL, although it is a much different league than the original XFL. If you do recall, the original XFL was founded by Vince McMahon, obviously. He wanted to get in the football world, but it wasn't supposed to be a television event. There was an entire 30 for 30, basically. It was just supposed to be live events at stadiums. It was supposed to be this gladiator-type football. There was supposed to be cheerleaders. There was supposed to be music. It was supposed to be this stadium-type event where fans... Fans come and cheer for their team. And then it got forced on the network television. Then it got forced on the NBC, I believe, if I'm accurate. And that is automatically what was eventually, inevitably, its downfall. Because not everybody could handle the character, which is the best heel in the history of the world. Vince McMahon's character in the football world on broadcast television in the middle of the day. And it eventually ended up collapsing. And it was kind of thrown together in a quick fashion. This time, the XFL has been completely rebranded, reimagined, and reinvented with the hiring of Oliver Luck. The bank account, I guess, and now this is just from reports of what Alpha Sports, which is what Vince McMahon founded to start this XFL, they have a big bankroll behind them. They've changed the rules. They've done all this research. They're trying to make football better, and I don't believe this is something that was thrown together. This is something that has been thought out, processed, and supposed to make football better to watch on television. The game's supposed to be quicker. The extra point rules are going to be insane. If a team's down nine, they're still in it because a touchdown's worth six, and you can go for a three-pointer. The over-under betting talk that I'm going to be allowed to talk about the spreads during the game, we're going to be allowed to talk about the football is going to be a much higher pace one. There's no punting out of bounds. The return game, the punt returns, are going to account for some real scores in these games. And and I'm just looking at this from afar. And punts are normally in the NFL. You know, they used to be electric. They used to be, and there's a lot of great players. But now we're at the point where punters can control the returners so much. And there was a, my 
second to last year I punted, or maybe it was my last year I punted, I want 10 weeks without a single return yard, like in kickoff return and in punting. Like not a single return yard did we give up for 10 weeks. That's eliminating some of the most explosive athletes on the field. Punt returners are the most athletic dudes on the field usually. Yeah, that's just how it goes. Back in the day, it was Devin Hester. It was Dante Hall. It was Deshaun Jackson. There was a couple people that did it. But nowadays in the NFL, everybody has this freak athlete returning and punt. And if they get a hand, they get the ball in open space, they're able to make a lot of moves. It used to be a very opportunistic play. Now punters have gotten very good at their job. It's a calculated turnover, a strategy. Let's gain some field. So in the NFL, it's a little bit different. But in the XFL, the ball is not easy to punt. Nobody on the coverage team is allowed to leave the line of scrimmage before the ball is caught or punted. I mean, it's just going to open up the field a lot. I think there's going to be massive punt returns. I think the kick returns are going to be interesting because they move the coverage team down the field to the 35. They can't leave. But I think all the little aspects of the game that could be considered down points for the viewer, the XFL has legitimately tried to ramp those up in entertainment value. And I think this weekend we're getting a peek at what could potentially be a lot of new rules in the future of football and the future of NFL, but also so maybe changing and reimagining football a little bit. I'm excited to be a part of that game on Sunday at 5 o'clock on ESPN, and I can't wait to hear what flows out of my mouth while I'm sprinting down the field with the quarterback, running back, or wide receiver while he's about to score. I'm going to look like that red-headed ball boy from Florida oh, State. Red lightning. Oh, red, yeah, red lightning. I'm going to look like him running down the field with a microphone next to him. I'm very excited to be a part of it, but I hope that everything that they've imagined, and I hope that everything that they've pieced together does make football better for the viewer because, to be honest, we're in a changing world. Everything has to change with the times. I'm not saying football at its core should ever change because I think it's the best sport on earth. But if you can do some things to speed up the game a little bit or change it a little bit, I think that's something that people would definitely think about. Really smart leaning into the gambling angle like that too and encouraging people to you know live bet the game and, and, and things like that. So it's not necessarily like you know you, you get all these people who maybe don't really care about it, but you know I mean you got 20, 25 bucks on the game like that, that's going to bring in a lot more people who probably wouldn't watch it. Otherwise. And who's your team? DC Defenders, baby. See, this is what I like about it. You can just absolutely throw a dart at a dart. There's red lightning. (laughs) Red lightning is obviously the ginger ball boy from Florida State from back in the day that used to outrun five-star recruits from Florida State and other schools in the ACC while they're scoring a touchdown on the sideline. That's what I'm going to look like in the middle of the field with a microphone interviewing somebody as they're running in for a touchdown. I don't know if I'm allowed to do that. I made made a declaration whenever it, it was announced to me and to the world that I was going to be on the XFL coverage as a sideline reporter slash analyst. It was announced to me and everybody on the same day. The <laughs> announcement that I made was, yeah, I'm going to have unprecedented access. I just started I started <laughs> rambling off a bunch of things, and I didn't know if any of that was accurate. I had no idea. And then they came in, they're like, yeah, that's exactly what we want. We want unprecedented access. So it should be a good weekend. I'm excited to see how it goes. Now, the thing that did come from the XFL original was the Skycam. Right, That made the world a lot better. That made NFL a lot better. I wish the NHL would utilize that more, but they choose not to because they're stuck in their ways and it's a sport that nobody really cares about outside of cities that have a hockey team. Undeserved shot. Huh? Undeserved. They use it in the stadium series. It's tough to do it in the arena. Is it? Yeah, it's Jumbotron (laughs) in the middle of the ice. (laughs) Figure it out. You can drop down there. I mean, we got drones flying. uh, Like Celine Dion had a concert. She was flocked by 600 drones that were designing things behind her. Don't the, trust them. 
They could go rogue at any moment. Those propellers chopping people's fingers off, it's dangerous. Never happened to me. If it's good enough for Celine Dion, it's good enough for the NHL. I just would like the NHL That's to know fair. that. I would like the NHL to know that. But neither here nor there. The XFL did change the game of football already one time, even in short, short existence, which everybody considers a failure. It did with the sky cam coming in. Mm-hmm. So I'm pumped to see what the XFL eventually does. All right, that's it for today. Like I said at the beginning, if you like this, please tell your friends. We're trying to do a boots on the ground grow operation here. And if you didn't like it, just, you know, just act like this never happened. I hope you have the greatest weekend of your entire life from everybody at our office to you. We think you're the absolute greatest and thank you. Ty Schmidt, please play some independent music, please. So these humans can listen to it and go like, oh, you know what? Yeah. I'm ready to kick the fuck shit out of this weekend. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. All right, Ty, play it.